on. Welcome to St. Philly Sports History for December 21st, 2023. I'm your host, Jim Montgomery. Welcome to a Thursday edition of the podcast. We're slowly getting toward the holiday. As always, though, let's start with a recap of yesterday's question of the day. And yesterday was more of a rant, vent, therapy session. We are airing our grievances on this Eagles team in honor of Festivus. And I have to say, not so surprisingly, most of the rants uh, were all over the place. And the common theme seemed to be Nick Sirianni. So no, uh, no issues there with me, but more on that later in the show. But as always, thanks for participating in the question of the day. Be sure to call or text your thoughts to the voice and text line 267-495-8531. That's 267-495-8531. Leave a voicemail, send a text message, get your thoughts heard. Quick housekeeping note, don't forget to check out the latest Back to the Future on Herb McGee. That We did that last week. We'll have a new episode next week. That's available wherever you get your podcasts as well as YouTube. That's Back to the Future with a PH. Quick programming note because a few people have asked and reached out. We will have a brand new show on Christmas Day. Probably will be a bit abbreviated as I'll, I'll likely tape it the night before. But always a new episode for you. We never take days off. And it, there's still this day in Philly sports history even on Christmas Day. So there will be an episode on Christmas Day. Might be a little bit shorter, but... Enjoy with your family and friends as you open gifts and maybe spread the word. Maybe give my give me a Christmas present by telling somebody about the podcast. All right. Our 25 Days of Kindness really hits very, very close to home. And I, I had these all lined out before things happen. Uh, but And I'm going to expand on this a little bit. But tell your friends you love them. I mean, life is short. You never know what's going to happen. Had got some tragic, uh, unsettling, unexpected just I can't wrap my head around it news yesterday. Uh, and again, just tell your friends you love them, you're thinking about them, you care about them. Even guys, like don't don't be macho. You, you just never know how, how short life is and how precious it is. And I'm going to expand that. Originally, I said your friends, do the same thing with your family. Just tell them you love them. Give them an extra hug today. Um, life is just way, way too short and unpredictable, and you never know what's going to happen. So get out there, live life to the fullest, and and don't be be afraid to tell your friends how you feel about them. Um, say I love you, thinking about you, I care about you, whatever you got to do. But but life is just way too short, uh, and who knows, you might make someone's day. But that is today's twenty five days of kindness, and like I said, really really hits home today after uh, the news that that I got yesterday. All right, Sixers. Good win for them. Minnesota came in as the best team in the West, 127 to 113. Uh, they they look good. Joe is just playing out of this world right now. Uh, just another 40 point, 10 point or 30 point, 10 rebound game ended up with 51. It's his third straight with 40 and 10, and I believe it's his second 50 point game of the year. Uh, he's just playing lights out, and it's again. I don't know if it's Harden. The, the, the fact that he finally won the MVP or what, but he is Nick Nurse's system. I don't know, but he is just playing absolutely lights out right now. And I don't, I don't, there's nobody playing better than him in the NBA. 
Um, he that 12 straight 30 and 10 ties him with, or uh, I think he passed. I forget how it goes. And I know since 1972, the only person that has done it more times is Kareem. Uh, but the only people that have done it that many times in history is Wilt, Kareem, Elgin Baylor, Walt Bellamy, and Joel Embiid. Um, so, like I said, he's just playing absolutely out of his mind, uh, really coming into his own. And, I mean, right now, I don't know who's playing better than him in the NBA. Uh, Tyrese Maxey had 35. I mean, I think I've been saying it a lot this year, but I, I think the proof is there now. He is a bona fide superstar, and I think because of Nick Nurse's system and the way he, he's putting people into place and, and allowing them to, to maximize whatever their talents are, uh, it, it's amazing to see. So good win for them. But that leads us into today's question of the day. Trade deadline isn't until sometime in February, but... As of right now, what do you think the Sixers should do? If you think back to 2000-2001 season when they got off to that hot start, everybody was saying because Theo Ratliff was hurt, they they shouldn't trade him. Um, uh, Because of chemistry, some people were saying they should trade him. And they ultimately traded for Dikembe, and it led to the finals run. But we still have a lot of time to go. But what do you think? Should the Sixers trade or should they stand pat? And that is today's question of the day. Uh, be sure to call or text. Get that into the text line, 267-495-8531. 267-495-8531. You can always comment wherever you're listening or watching this. Shoot me a text message for real. But as constructed now, our question of the day, should the Sixers Make a trade to get better, or should they just stand pat, see where it goes, and then they have all that money coming up at the end of the season? Let me know. Call or text. Get your voice heard. 267-495-8531. All right. Flyers are in action tonight versus the Predators. Good, another, another big game for them. Hopefully they can stay hot and extend that point streak to 10 straight. I'll be looking forward to watching some of that because, again, they, they've been very fun to watch this year. Uh, and if you haven't been watching them, what are you waiting for? And I, I've been telling you to get it on the ground level. Philly Goat has a ton of good flyer stuff, so go check them out. PhillyGoat.com. Use the promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off of your order. Uh, you can't get stuff in time for Christmas, but what they do have, you can buy gift cards. So go to the site. You can get it. It makes a perfect stocking stuff or can't decide what to buy. Get it, but give your whoever you're buying gifts for, give them a gift card. Um, go to phillygoat.com, check them out, get some shirts, buy some gift cards, whatever you got to do. Use the promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off. I don't believe it works for gift cards though, but that's okay. Give it to somebody and then put the right Jim Montgomery on it. Tell them to get 10% off with their gift card. Boom, everybody's happy. But go to phillygoat.com, use the promo code Jim Montgomery for 10% off of your order. All right, so we talked about the the vent sessions and the airing of grievances, and Nick Sirianni tended to be the the main focus of a lot of your um, grievances. Uh, So he did say yesterday that blame him, don't blame Brian Johnson. It's my offense. Uh, He's just calling the plays, and I get it. You're, you're sticking up for your coaches. You're, you're doing what you got to do. Uh, but one little thing that just doesn't make sense there. Yes, it could be your offense. 
but he's calling the plays. So maybe you ought to work with him and, and see what plays. Maybe you can change that. Um, I mean, I, again, I do think it all stems, starts at the top. So Nick Sirianni should be to blame. But again, like I, I keep going back, and, and, and I know a lot of you out there disagree with me. I don't know if it's the play calling as much as the execution. And look at that Seattle game. How many open throws did Jalen miss to try to go deep on plays? And I, I, I again, they could run the ball more. They could, like that wide receiver screen play, like stop it. Like I, it didn't work with Andy Reid when he did it with Todd Pinkston. It's not working when he throws it to Goddard and then has Devontae Smith as the lead blocker now. Can we just get that play out of the playbook completely? Like, if I don't see it again, I'll be happy. Like, I'm, I have PTSD from being in the stadium with Andy Reid and Donovan McNabb throwing that pass to Todd Pinkson and getting one or two yards every time. Like, I, I, I start breaking out into a cold sweat when, when I see that play. And, and why would you have Devontae Smith being your, your lead blocker? So that I'll get. That, that That's not you, Nick Sirianni. Like, that's your play in the playbook. Brian Johnson doesn't have to call it, though. So, I mean, there's plenty of blame to go around. But I, I, I can't get over. I, I can't just put the blame 100% on the play calling and the coaching because the players need to execute. In that Dallas game, A.J. Brown was dropping passes. Devontae Smith fumbles. A.J. Brown fumbles. You got your quarterback, uh, franchise quarterback, missing open like 20-yard checkdowns that will get you in the field goal range. Like, they're, they're not executing the way they could be and should be in the way they did last year and, truthfully, even the way they did earlier this year. So, yes, the, the play calling could be better. Yes, Nick, it's your offense. You should take the blame. But the players still have to execute. And I know it's just the way things go. The coach takes the brunt of everything. But like I'm seeing so many ridiculous, silly, stupid, fundamental mistakes that this team is making that that falls on the players. They're complacent. And maybe, Nick, instead of taking responsibility for the offense, you're supposed to be this great motivator. Like, you don't have this team fired up and ready to play. I mean, Jason Kelsey agreed on the, his podcast uh, the other day that with Jalen Hurts that the team is not committed, that the team is not playing to their best of their ability. That falls on you, okay? Like, yeah, we get that it's your offense, but they're not executing it. You need to get them ready to execute. It's almost like... They got complacent because of all the success that they had. They just kind of expected that, okay, we're going to get it together. And it's if one player does it, you can kind of get past it because everybody else is playing at a high level and maybe they'll, they'll pick it up. But the entire team almost seems like – and I can't even say on the defense. I think the defense is playing the best they can. They could, Yeah, they can get a better pass rush. I just don't think they're as talented – on the defensive side. So you got all your money tied up in offense. You need to execute. You need to be ready to play. And I don't know who needs to do it. Like I feel Jalen needs to get in there. Instead of coming out and saying we're not committed, you get your ass in the locker room and get everybody committed. That's where I think some of the disconnect is. Uh, but like I said, Sirianni says blame him, not Brian Johnson. It is what it is. I don't care who we blame. To me, they're not executing. If they were executing, like think about the plays. If go back and look at Brian Baldinger's breakdown, look at some of the replays and, and the missed underneath throws, the fact that Quez Watkins gets bullied, the fact that guys are, are, are not doing what they need to do and they're not as crisp as they were. Go back to the Dallas game, the drops, the fumbles. They're not executing fundamental football. 
And that's not the play calling. That's just the players not being ready. And Nick, I agree. That does fall on you. So there's your bonus airing of grievance for today. All right, Aaron. Aaron. I don't even know who Aaron Dickerson is, but Landon Dickerson uh, did have thumb surgery. He's not. They're not sure whether he's going to play on Monday or not. Uh, but in all likelihood, he will. If he misses, he probably will only miss a game. Uh, he's an offensive lineman. I could totally see him playing. Uh, he's been playing at a pretty high level this year too. So uh, would love to see him come back. Um, they are wearing the black uniforms on Monday, so they they tend to play better. Uh, I don't know what their record is. Uh, I know, it, I, I think they're above five hundred, but they typically play well when they wear the black jerseys at home. Um, so hopefully they come out and just get it together and execute. Um, but all right, all that being said, though, I did have a dream last night. I was visited by the ghost of Super Bowl past. And basically, he told me to take a deep breath and relax. And then he left me some stats for you guys to to hopefully make your Christmas and and holiday season better. And and we can breathe a sigh of relief. If if the airing of grievances did not help you, hopefully this will kind of get you re-back in focus. Um, Six times in the Super Bowl era, teams lost at least three games in a row and still made the Super Bowl. Of those six times, three of them did win. So you had the 79 Rams, who lost in the middle of the season, weeks seven through nine, went to the Super Bowl and, and lost to the Steelers. The 2000 Ravens, widely believed to be one of the greatest defenses ever, lost the same three weeks, seven through nine, won the Super Bowl. 2002 Raiders lost four in a row, week six, seven, eight, and nine, made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, lost to the Buccaneers, should have been lost to the Eagles, but that's a whole other issue for a whole other day. Uh, the 2003 Panthers lost weeks 12 through 14. <clears throat> kind of see that that's right around where we are now with this Eagles team. They went to the Super Bowl and lost to uh, the Patriots. Yeah, I know they got lucky because McNabb took a cheap shot, but again, another topic for another day. 2005 Steelers lost weeks 11 through 13. Went to the Super Bowl and won it. The 2009 Saints lost weeks fifth, lost their last three games of the season, weeks 15 through 17. Went to the Super Bowl and won it. All of that to say, the ghost of Super Bowls past visited me and said, the Eagles are still in a good position. They're going to be okay. They have three get-right games and three chances to get it right going into the end of the year. I, I think the way things are constructed now, you don't necessarily want them to lose the fourth in a row. However, losing three in a row is not a death sentence, especially this late in the season. So moral of the story, we're going to be okay. I did not get a visit from the Ghost of Super Bowl present yet to see what's going to happen this year. Um, and also, the go- well, I guess we're living the Ghost of Super Bowl present, to be honest. Uh, hopefully, I get one from the Ghost of Super Bowl future and within the next couple days, and they let me know if things are going to be all right. But it's okay. I did this a lot last year with the Phillies. I think we can breathe. I, I know things aren't looking good, and, and this is me trying to, to remain positive here. I told you the airing of grievances, it, it totally helps. So don't be afraid. If you still got to get some grievances out, 267-495-8531, get them out. You're going to feel better. But after that visit from the Ghost of Super Bowls past last night, it's happened six times. Uh, 
four, five of them have happened since the year 2000. So we can, the Eagles are not necessarily dead yet. Okay, they have time to get together. So breathe, relax with me. Let's enjoy the holiday. We're going to sit and open some presents, eat some good food, sit down Monday afternoon, and hopefully watch the Giants just get destroyed and sent on their way back to New York. We can be the Grinch for the Giants. But everybody just needs to take a deep breath. I, I trust the ghost of Super Bowl past, a.k.a. Google. But did tell me six times it's happened. Three times they've won the Super Bowl. So this season is not over yet. Speaking of NFC East, be sure to check out the Clashing Conferences podcast. New episode dropped last night. Wherever you get your podcast, as well as on YouTube, check out my boys over there. Uh, always, always a good listen or a good watch, however you listen to it. Uh, it's part of my Thursday routine as I'm doing paperwork uh, for work. Uh, so be sure to check out the Clashing Conferences wherever you get your podcast. Uh, I'm anxious to see how bad the boys rip Greg today after losing the three in a row. Uh, it's a shame that the, it's already recorded because he could take the advice of the Ghost of Super Bowl's past and take it back to the team and say, Topher, we're going to spoil your Christmas like the Grinch. Um, but check them out. Uh, again, good listen. Hook them up. All right, today we're going to go back to 1981. And on December 21st, 1981, Mike Schmidt signed a six-year contract worth $1.2 million a year with the Phillies. It put him in the upper echelon of highest paid players in Major League Baseball. And this is where I thought it got crazy. He was about to enter the final year of his contract. Uh, there was a six-year deal he signed back in, the, uh, I think, 77. He was only making 504. Well, now, back then, it was a big deal. But by today's standards and knowing that he's a Hall of Fame player, Mike Schmidt was only making 540000 a year. Uh, so this was a significant upgrade for him. Uh, and did it help the Phillies out? Well, uh, well, before we get to that, that previous deal, he definitely outperformed it. And we talk a lot about that with T.O. and outperforming contracts. Uh, when he signed that original 540000 deal, only won two MVPs and led the Phillies to a World Series. So he definitely was due and, and, and deserved that raise. Uh, he did say he never wanted to leave Philly, even though he threatened free agency and things like that to try to get money out of the Phillies. Um, and, I, and I do think that seeing Mike Schmidt anywhere else, um, and of course I'm biased as I'm looking at my, my autographed Mike Schmidt poster, uh, it would have been weird to see him play anywhere else. But was the contract worth it for the Phillies? Well, after he signed it, this contract in 81, he did lead the league in home runs three times. He was top 10 in MVP voting four times. He won it again in 1986. Uh, he had four gold gloves and, sil and four silver slugger awards. Uh, took them to the World Series again in 1983. So you could probably say it was a bargain of a deal uh, as contracts began to increase later on in the, the late 80s and near the end of his career. The problem was they didn't get over the top because after 83, everything sort of fell off and they never really put any good players around him. And, and the players they attempted to put around him just didn't work out. Um, look at Von Hayes, Lance Parrish. Um, a lot of the pitchers that were supposed to be good. Um, so, I mean, it's a shame. Could have loved to have seen them win one more with Mike Schmidt. Uh, but on this day, Mike Schmidt was rewarded for two MVPs and winning the World Series with a six-year contract, making $1.2 million a year. 
which seems like chump change today, uh, but at the time made him one of the highest players in Major League Baseball. All right, today's Advent Philly Sports Advent Calendar gift of the day. We open up the door. We're almost done with our gifts. And what do you know? It's Barbaro, the racehorse. Uh, Barbaro was foaled in Nicholasville, Kentucky. Uh, he was owned and bred by Gretchen and Roy Jackson, who own Lael Stables out of West Grove, PA. Uh, he was trained by Michael Matz of the Fairhill Training Center down in Maryland, just right over the border from West Grove. Um, Edgar Prado and Jose Carabello were his jockeys. Uh, Prado was the main one who uh, really we'll remember uh, when we think about Barbaro's races. He went 5-0 and in his first 10 starts, including the Laurel, Laurel Futurity, the Tropical Park Derby, the Holy Bull Stakes, and the Florida Derby leading up to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, heading into the 2006 Kentucky Derby, Barbaro was the second choice at 6-1 to odds. It was a full 20-horse field, and all Barbaro did was go out and win by 6.5 lengths. And, uh, Edgar Prado even said that <clears throat> on the back stretch, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, he did not ask him to go to his top speed. He did not whip him, and he still kept increasing his lead. That's how good this horse was. Uh, I, I think a lot of times we get lost in the Smarty Jones um, hysteria that we had a couple years prior and forget that Barbaro probably was a better racehorse. If you're really into horse racing, he was probably a, a better horse. Uh, this win at the Derby was the largest margin of victory since 1946 uh, when Assault, who actually won the Triple Crown, won by eight lengths. Um, and Barbaro didn't really even try down the stretch. So that's amazing. He was the only, he became the only the sixth undefeated winner of the Kentucky Derby that year. Uh, obviously, he became a favorite in the Preakness, and people started dreaming about because at the time it had been so long since we had a Triple Crown. People thought, oh my goodness. A local Philadelphia area horse is going to win the Triple Crown. Uh, Preakness happened. He false started. He, he looked a little antsy even getting into the the gate in the first place. Uh, doctors checked him out. It seemed like he was fine to go. At the restart, uh, immediately suffered a, a shattered, broken hind leg in 20 different places. His foot was dislocated. So Prado kind of pulled him up, hopped off, and, and helped until the doctors got there. Uh, it was considered a life-threatening, and surprisingly, because a lot of times they would just uh, probably euthanize the horse on the spot, uh, but he had multiple surgeries at the New Bolton Center in Kennett Square, which is, again, Southern Chester County right there uh, near West Grove, down where he was from. Uh, his first surgery was successful, but then he had complications. He had more surgery, more complications, then he had infections. Uh, ultimately, it became too much for him uh, to recover from. And January 29th of 2007, he was euthanized. Uh, he was cremated, and his remains uh, remain at Churchill Downs. They have a monument and a statue at the entrance of Churchill Downs to Barbaro. There's not many statues at Churchill Downs. I should have looked this up, but I'm pretty sure Secretariat is one. Um, Barbaro is another, and I believe there is one more, and I can't think of it, but Barbaro is right there as soon as you go in the front gates at Churchill Downs. That's just how amazing this horse was. Uh, he was a fan favorite. I remember everybody was just like, here we go. Uh, and again, we kind of went off the, the Smarty Jones hysteria. But if like horse racing, I'm not really into horse racing, but I do remember like this horse was good. Like the fact that he 
won that. Uh, I mean, and Smarty Jones was good too. Don't get me wrong, but Barbaro, uh, the Barbaro Stakes are named after him in Pimlico. Uh, there's a uh, Barbaro Stakes also at Delaware Park. Um, and again, I say everybody talks about Smarty Jones, but Barbaro probably was the better racehorse. Uh, so that is your Advent Calendar Philly Sport or Philly Sports Advent Calendar gift of the day is Barbaro, uh, one of the greatest runs in Kentucky Derby history before tragically getting hurt at the Preakness and ultimately being euthanized uh, probably about six seven months later. Uh, but did captivate the whole region. Like a lot of news coverage on Barbaro's surgery. Uh, it's very. I remember being very into it and, and following it along. Um, so that is the Philly Sports Advent Calendar gift of the day. On this day, back in 1981, Mike Schmidt signed a six-year deal worth $1.2 million a year. Uh, he would go on to lead the Phillies to a World Series, win an MVP, uh, lead the league in homers three times, four more gold gloves, and just be his normal Hall of Fame self. Don't forget to get your grievances out. I'm telling you, it feels better. It, it sounds cheesy, but get it out. 267-495-8531 is how you text or voicemail me. Get those grievances out. Vent on Nick Sirianni. But remember, the ghost of Super Bowl passed visited me and told me it's going to be all right. It's not the people have lost. Teams have lost three in a row and still have made it to the Super Bowl, and three of them have even won. So just take that deep breath. Uh, let me know what you think the Sixers should do. That's our question of the day. Should they trade or stand pat? 267-495-8531. Get you into the voicemail line. Leave your voicemail. Rant about the Sixers. Rant and air your grievances on the Eagles. Tell me what they should trade. Text me. Whatever you got to do. Let's go. Let's grow this thing. But what should the Sixers do? Vent about the Sixers. Uh, you can even vent about Mike Schmidt and, and baseball contracts if you want as well. Whatever whatever makes you happy on this Thursday. It's the holiday season, my last full day at work. I just got to get through this half day tomorrow, and then boom, we're off for about 10 days. I cannot wait. Go out. Have yourselves a Thursday. Don't forget to tell the people that care that are closest to you and you care about that you love them because you never know when it's going to be taken away. That is my message to you. If you do nothing else, do that today. I'm Jim Montgomery. This has been This Day in Philly Sports History. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you.